Hello and welcome to Connected, episode 199. It is brought to you this week by our sponsors, Pingdom, Smile, and Hover. I'm your host, Stephen Hackett, and I'm joined, as most weeks, by my two handsome, intelligent co-hosts. We have Michael Hurley. How are you? I'm good. I like that you say hello to the listeners when you, hey. when you start the show. It's very nice. Very you want to break the third wall a little bit. You know, you, you just wanna, it's that southern charm. You just want to look them in the eye <laughs> as they're driving or washing their dishes listening to us and just let them know mm-hmm. that our hands are on the steering wheel with them, that our hands are in the sink. It's the hospitality with them. of the South. That's what mm. you can get on our show. You're guaranteed southern hospitality mm-hmm. <laughs> when you listen to Connected. Uh, and because I'm hospitable, I don't want to forget my friend and yours, Federico Vitici. Hi, how are you? I'm I'm good. When I I wanted to tell you that you mentioned the steering wheel. Well, when I bought my car two years ago, um, so I'm at the I'm at the the place, the dealership with my girlfriend and my mom, and there's this guy who's in charge of selling me this car. Um, and so we we went over all the details one last time. Uh, you know, the day that the car arrived, he was explaining all the different functions, all the different buttons, and then uh, he. So I'm I'm. In the car, in, still inside the dealership, uh, in the showroom floor, basically. Um, and I'm trying to understand what all the buttons do. So the guy gets into the car, sits in the passenger seat, and he looks at me straight in the eyes, and he's like, and you know that for any problems, I'm always here with you. And it's... <laughs> and, it's <laughs> and, it, and he meant that, like... As as is is he saying that he hands me his business card with his phone number and it's like I'm always in the I'm always in the car with you and I thought that was extremely creepy. Um, uh, he and, thought that he had landed on like the perfect final sales line. Yeah, right. Yes, like as I am right now. Imagine I am always in this like, car with you. It's like, 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 like I don't an angel want that. Over <laughs> I have other people that See, need to exactly. use that seat. <laughs> Like that seat is needed. Like I don't exactly. You know, I don't you want you to linger here forever. You're gonna like open a sun visor and like a picture of him falls out. Like he's just been there the whole time. <laughs> and I thought and I thought that the guy was extremely creepy. And I asked my mom, uh, I think a couple of months ago, what whatever happened to the guy because my mom uh, works for uh, sort of the Italian equivalent of the DMV, uh, mm-hmm. but in a in a. My understanding of the DMV is that it's a terrible place. That's um, true. The Italian version is kind of decent. <laughs> and, uh, on the teacher scale, it's a normal normal place. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> and it, she told me, so she knows all of these guys that, you know, dealerships and all that. And she told me that the guy got fired. Um, oh, no. And uh, he was there too much. He was with all the people too much. It was just, much, just creepy. The, the guy was just creepy, honestly. Like he was looking at me and it's like, I'm always here with you. This, uh, he was giving giving off a creepy vibe. Um, mm. So yeah, that's my my story oh. about steering wheels. I um, hope he's not a listener. Story mm-hmm. of the week, a new segment. <laughs> Put a sound effect under it. It'll be perfect. Story of the week. So we're recording this on Tuesday, June 26th. Uh, we're a day earlier than normal. We're going to talk more about some scheduling stuff in a second. But today marks the release of the macOS Mojave public beta release. So we had iOS 12 release yesterday on Monday, I think. And now uh, Mac OS public beta today. I got, there's some links in the show notes. Uh, Jason Snell has a really nice, like hands-on walkthrough of the whole OS. So if you saw my dark mode thing, uh, Jason's is much broader talking about lots of stuff going on. 
And I am also putting a link in the show notes to my favorite external SSD because you should not run this on your primary machine. You should not boot into this yet on a, on a regular basis for your work. It's still very early. You know, if you have a second MacBook or something, or if you're like me, I have a desktop and a notebook. I don't use the notebook very much. Then, yeah, go crazy. But, like, do not put this on your production machine. Don't put it on your only computer because it's still really early. And if things go wrong, it can be difficult to go back. You can't – and if you have a time machine backup – with Mojave, you can't restore that data to High Sierra very smoothly. And uh, so just uh, do what I do. Put it on an external SSD. Uh, and the next bullet point in the show notes says, Federico had a bad day with Mac OS. So Federico, what happened to you? Uh, what happened to me is that I should never use Macintosh computers. That's what happened to me. Um, <laughs> that I should just stick to iPads and iPhones. Um, so last night I got curious about Mojave and you do this Mojave curious, and I don't, I don't understand. Don't, every time you do this, don't, I don't understand my curiosity. It's the allure of the dark mode. It call, it spoke to him. Uh, dark mode spoke to me, and he said, "Come over to the dark side." Um, hey, if that's a, if that's a Star Wars quote, I'm Holy not sure. Cow. I think Star Wars is the one with the light side and the dark side, and the the guy who's the the guy who's the father of the other guy. Spoilers. Do you know, can you give me the name of any person who says the phrase, like, join me in the dark side, come over to the dark side? Can uh, you give me the name of anybody the who guy, said that? The guy with the black helmet? The name. I'm looking for a name, Darth not a description. Vader. <laughs> yeah, you did it. Okay, you did it. You did it. Good work. That's the guy. Look, I watched watch one Star Wars movie. So, the first one. So Wait, which first one? I, no, I no, I don't want to clarify it. I think it's best that we don't get the answer, just in case. Like the the, one, the very old one, not the, not the trilogy good, good. The, that's okay. Cool. cool I cool, know cool. some basic details about Star Wars. All right. All anyway, right. Uh, so I installed Mo- Mojave, and um, then basically you two last night you shaded me into having a second partition with the High Sierra on it, with a stable version, because mm-hmm. of the shows that I need to record, which I understand, mm-hmm. and I felt bad. So I went on you Amazon. You do this every year, though, Federico. Every single year we have this. Man, at, at, least, at least I feel bad every year. Uh, Why? <laughs> I mean, at least I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I okay. could do it every year and not be sorry. I do it every year and I apologize. So <laughs> I don't, like, <laughs> I, I understand. <laughs> Forget it. Go on, carry on with your story. Well, Amazon, uh, so I, I needed to install High Sierra, but uh, turns out you cannot just download High Sierra and run the installer from a newer version of macOS. You need to make a U- bootable USB thing. But I didn't have a USB drive that um, had enough space for to be an installer, so I went on Amazon. Because yeah, you were going to make a partition, right? That, that, I was going to make a partition, I, I boot from you. USB, yeah. and install High Sierra on the partition. I went mm-hmm. on Amazon. Uh, I could have bought a USB drive that would have arrived this morning, but instead I just went to an, an electronics store this morning and I bought a USB drive. Oh, no. Um, no, no that, that, which was fine because it's a 32 gigs one, like... Super cheap, uh, so I was actually pretty happy with my purchase. I make it a USB drive using this application called um, I don't know. I just read something on MacWorld. Disk um, Maker, disk, yeah, something. I yeah. There's a bunch no, of them. It's, there's a there's a couple of them. It's one with the with the golden X as an icon. Install this creator. That's, that's it. the name. Um, 
Wow, look at that icon. That is yeah, it's horrible. Very shiny. <laughs> I so I install High Sierra on the partition. Everything is fine. I create my user account. I type in what I believe is my usual password. Um, I log into iCloud. I log into the the High Sierra. I download a bunch of apps like One Password and Tweetbot. Everything is fine. Then I remember that. To record, I need to use Audio Hijack. And to use Audio Hijack, I have this uh, recipe thing, like this workflow that Steven created for me that connects all the right inputs and saves two copies of the audio file. But it was on the other partition. So on the on the Mojave partition, I needed to export the session, I think it's called, from Audio Hijack and import it back into High Sierra. So I log out uh, from, so I, I restart my, the Mac and I log into the second partition, the one with Mojave on it. I grab, I save the, the file from Audio Hijack, restart my MacBook again, and I try to log into iSierra. And I thought that I had the usual username and the usual password that I use all the time for the Mac. But it wasn't letting me in. So it was saying, your password is incorrect. I was like, that is not possible. Like, I just created the password. And I always use this password. And I typed it in twice. Because you need to confirm a password when you set up macOS. But it wasn't letting me in. So I, uh, I tried like 20 times. I tried all caps, no caps, uh, first letter, uh, title case, everything. Like, nothing was working. So I text Steven on like, how do I... <laughs> fix this and steven told me a bunch of things uh including did you try the root thing just out of interest was that a thing that anybody tried the what that like the root bug just like just type no, it in I a didn't, blank password. i didn't try that i didn't try that <laughs> okay. no i gave um, him i gave him the 10 13 5 installer i think so it's it's well past uh, well uh past okay. that. because you couldn't even download high sierra so i had to zip up the installer application which is like six gigs and put it in a shared dropbox folder <laughs> I felt very dirty. It's like a gray market OS installer ring that I've built for myself. Um, so anyway, I I start doing... Um, first, I try to uh, reset the, the password using the native um, password. I forgot my password tool when you... Um, what's it called? Recovery mode? Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Didn't work. Then I tried the... Rec- what the do you st- mean? It said that the password with my Apple ID couldn't be changed. Just said uh, uh. this this user account. But I actually remember ticking the box that said allow the an Apple ID to reset the user password. But then yeah. I tried and it said this this user account cannot be reset via an Apple ID. Uh, okay, sure. Um, so I try um, macOS recovery. I tried to reinstall macOS and it said the recovery server could not be contacted. So I then try internet recovery, which is this other method uh, that takes like 20 minutes to do I don't know what. There's a there's a globe icon in the middle of the screen yeah. and a progress bar. It's booting start- from like a remote image on an Apple server. So if you don't have a recovery partition, so like my MacBook Pro through a, a series of unfortunate events does not have a recovery partition and I haven't gotten around to fixing it. So my only option would be this internet recovery. So you hold down set of keys and it basically boots from an image hosted by Apple. And so it copies some of that to like local disk space and then boots from it. And it takes forever. But yeah, I, I waited 20 minutes for the internet recovery magic to work. And I said, reinstall macOS. 
and it said, again, the recovery server could not be contacted, which is funny because you're literally just talking to a server for internet recovery. But um, yeah, uh, so I'm, at this very moment, I'm recording on Mojave um, because I cannot log into High Sierra, um, where in theory, I use the same password that I use all the time, um, a password that according to the Mac, I must have typed in wrong twice um, when I was creating my user account. I don't know if there's any other way to reset my password, but this stuff looks incredibly difficult to me. Like, why isn't there like a, a, a single screen that says, I forgot my password, let me change my password? I think the problem is that I did something that I shouldn't have done, which is enabling File Vault encryption. Mm. Also, I don't know what mm. File Vault encryption is, it just looks <laughs> secure. And that I makes thought, it, well, maybe, yeah. you know, like my thought when I see this security stuff is, I don't know, maybe if the police gets my computer for some reason, they cannot, get into, they cannot see my stuff. Or it's in a car that gets stolen. I don't know who that would happen to. <laughs> well, exactly. But I don't know what File Vault is. Uh, it just looked fancy enough. Um, and now I cannot change my password. Um, so... I don't know. Uh, now I'm probably going to get all kinds of suggestions. Uh, okay. Do you have some for me? Those are the two that I've thought of so far. And mm-hmm. I have not personally come across the recovery server cannot be contacted or whatever that error said. But in Google, Googling it, it does seem like people have run into that. And there doesn't seem to be like a consistent answer to why or like how you go around it. Um, okay. Some people said to reboot with the option key held down, which will let you verify your Wi-Fi is on and then select the internet. Like, I don't know. Um, Mm. So if you have ideas, please let us know because we'd like to fix your computer. I bet File Vault is the problem though, right? You you should be able to, you can boot from another volume with File Vault enabled. You just can't poke around the protected partition. So again, for instance, my MacBook Pro, I have File Vault turned on which I think is a good idea on a laptop because if it gets stolen from you know an airport or you leave it in a bus station or wherever, uh, they can't get your stuff. So mm-hmm. with with this, when I boot into Mojave on that external SSD, the internal drive doesn't show up in Finder unless I mount it and give it a password. Like it is hidden away, but I can still boot from other volumes no problem. So I, I kind of got the feeling that you have something bigger going on, and I'm not sure that I would blame file vault i mean it's possible that when you turn file vault on that somehow it it cooked your keychain or something and now you can't log in but i think you're in a you're in a weird spot that you sh- you know obviously shouldn't have happened clearly you've hit some sort of issue so i didn't know about any of this part right like this this whole conversation happened between the two of you like mm-hmm. for even this ev- like the, the partition thing even beginning in the first place so for what it's worth federico i just want you to know that i appreciate the work that you have attempted to do this time to fix the problem that you created mm-hmm. like yeah. i i appreciate it like i just want you well, to know well it didn't that. work <laughs> So. Well, you tried. Like you tried. You know, you tried your hardest. You spent money on it. You spent time on it. Um, I hope that this experience has taught you a lesson for next year. Well, but genuinely, I don't. I doubt it because no. I still, I still don't understand even why you did it in the first okay. place. Like I don't know why you would bother to install. Mojave, okay. like it doesn't make sense to me. Okay. Like, you know he's a huge it's, Mac fan, and he just is itching okay. for those new it's, Mac bits. It's, 
it's probably stupid. It's probably stupid, <laughs> but I I thought that um, messages would sync better no, between iOS 12 and Mojave. It doesn't. And I really wanted to try dark mode. <laughs> uh, but I can tell you. But that why I'm, does I'm why g- does the messages thing matter to you? Like uh, because when I'm recording shows. Um, uh, like, an, for example, interviews on app stories, I need to be able to talk to John, but messages yeah. is always out of sync. Or mm-hmm. just texting Sylvia in the other room, stuff like that. Um, but I can tell you now, I'm going on the record with this stuff. Next year, um, and especially on the watch, like, I will never, ever again put a watchOS beta on my main watch. Uh, it's been an incredibly frustrating process uh, in that I cannot do reliable workouts anymore yeah like external heart rate sensors are not working the built-in sensor is worse than than usual like the the built-in apple watch sensor for heart rate was always problematic for me but now it's just been a horrible experience with the Mm, like my heart rate is like 150 bpm and the sensor says 67 (laughs) or the calorie counting (laughs) just stops working (laughs) And I'm like, I'm dying over here, Apple Watch. It's not 67 BPM. Um, <laughs> if so it is, nec- you need to go to the hospital. <laughs> um, Maybe you've just gone really good yeah. at workouts. Yeah, you're no. sweating like, a, like an animal and your heart rate's barely above most people's resting rate. So I feel like I will never put a watchOS beta on, on my main watch ever again. I should probably be like David Smith and have like 22 watches yes. on my arms. Um and also, I think the same argument applies to the Mac. Uh, I think I learned. I my think lesson. the reason that I I find the Mac one frustrating though is that there is a there is a like there is a way for you to do this, which is to just put it on an SSD. Like yeah. you know, it's not like with the watch stuff. If you want to try it out, your option is buy a new watch or just do it right. And it's like so I would understand that more. Mm-hmm. But like you could just. External SSD, you know, yeah. taken care of. Use my mm. Amazon affiliate code that's in the show notes. You'll be set. Mm-hmm. It's okay. very pretty. It's blue, and everyone should buy one. Should we take our first break and then actually do follow-up? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Because we never got there. It was the, the story about the steering wheel that really tipped it all over. Right? Yeah, like we really, we really drove off course at that point. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom, the company who offer uptime monitoring and web performance management. If your website was down right now, if people couldn't get to your content, they couldn't click that all-important buy now button, how would you know? Surely you don't want to know because somebody's emailed you or they sent a tweet to you. You don't want to know that way. You want to know because you get a push notification or a text message or an email or all three of them. That's what Pingdom can do for you. They use 70 global test servers. They emulate visits to your site and they check its availability as often as every minute. And if something goes wrong, they will alert you. Pingdom also understands that this isn't a case of just like, oh, your website is up or your website is down because websites are so complicated now. There's lots of dependencies. There are also little things like maybe you use some uh, other functionality for a login or for e-commerce checkouts and stuff like that. Pingdom can monitor all of these functions. And if anything seems awry, they will let you know. All you need to do is give Pingdom the URL that you want monitored and they'll take care of everything else. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now and you can get yourself a 14-day free trial with no credit card needed. And then when you sign up, use the code CONNECTED at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and Relay FM. So do you want to go into real follow-up, Simon? Yeah, let's do some, some real follow-up. And we are going to talk about 
Federico's directions to read the show notes on an Apple Watch. What what happened here, mm-hmm. Federico? Um, Matt Casinelli actually followed my uh, instructions and uh, built a workflow to text the um, the link to the show notes to himself so that he could tap the link on iMessage and <laughs> try it on on the Apple Watch as as um. As you know, this is the best uh, practice to for for show notes. Uh, I said I want to reiterate my belief that the future of show notes is on the wrist, and um, I was really happy to see Matt put together this workflow. As you can see, these glorious screenshots of tiny text and tiny links and tiny articles on the Apple Watch. Uh, this is this is the future of this is the future of content. Um, Aside from the weird double navigation button, which I don't understand, our website looks pretty good on the Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have a question about this, and I haven't watched uh, much Apple Watch stuff in, from, in the sessions. So WatchOS 5 has a WebKit yeah. rendering engine, but you only use it, right, if in a situation like this, right, you get an iMessage that has a, some content attached to it or an email or something, like... There's not a browser, it just can show stuff if it comes into you. Do I have that correct? Yeah, like if you get a message, you can click the link. Yes. Right? But you can't just be like, hey, I want to go to a website. Yeah. Like it's only, you can only act upon stuff that's been sent to you. Yeah. Yeah, and presuma- presumably developers that can show you web content if if it's needed. I'm not sure if it's only on iMessage, but anyway, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's the, it's the okay. WebKit engine and... Um, I think basically if you receive a link to an article that uh, WebKit or Safari thinks um, it's uh, suitable for Safari Reader, it'll load the Safari Reader article view by default. As you can see, I think in the Mac Stories screenshot and in Matt's uh, tweet, uh, I think that's Safari Reader mode. So it tries to optimize using the because it's a responsive layout uh, only mm-hmm. on a super super tiny tiny screen. Uh, it, it's it's using <laughs> Safari narrow. Reader uh, to just show you the images and the text. So I, I personally I'm, I'm pretty impressed with the way that our website looks on such a tiny screen. It's, it's nice. Yeah, I mean actually, I mean it shows our media mm-hmm. player and stuff. So I don't know what it's doing. <laughs> it's, doing all sorts. it's very exciting stuff happening there. I'm I'm not gonna prioritize fixing. The website on the Apple Watch. You would need some kind of you would need some kind of a organic toothpick to tap on those tiny tiny buttons. <laughs> I, just shave down the end of a hot dog. Uh, there is another teachy scale. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you want to read? Do you want to read what this is actually called? Do you oh want to know, Stephen? Do you want to go for it? What the T I C I in this teachy scale stands for? Thromb thromboloesis. Mm-hmm. Thrombolysis. It sounds like it's a medical thing in a cerebral, cere- cerebral, and cerebral. <laughs> yeah. Infarction. So yeah. basically, what this is, I Wikipedia it, and I still don't understand it. But it's really bad. This is when you die. This is what happens. Yeah. When you this die. is. It's like a serious. It's it's a scale for measuring stroke conditions, like the brain's function after a stroke, there you go. like after a specific type of stroke or hemorrhage. Yes. So this is way less fun than the uh, other teaching scale. Yeah, this this really sucked the air right out of the room. But a lot more useful, maybe mm. even. I, even I, though, you know, yeah. Um, 
Yep. I what don't you got ag- to say? I don't agree with the with the with the grades. Um so it starts from grade zero, grade one, grade two, and grade three. And it's so boring because it's grade zero, no perfusion. Grade one, penetration with minimal perfusion, grade two, partial perfusion, and grade three, complete perfusion. I feel like there's also a grade two A and grade two B. Mm, I don't know. I j- Yeah. But we have inferior and inferior minus. So like I feel we oh, can yeah, forgive. That's true. A multi-staged mm-hmm, level. Yeah, I mean, all right. Also, it's Tichi with one C. So it's like mm-hmm. Tichi. Tichi. Well, a, a bunch of people sent this in, so we wanted to address it. Uh, hopefully, none of us ever have to yeah. hear about that again. Uh, just briefly, we want to mention that there is going to be no episode of Connected next week. Uh, we will be back well. on <laughs> Wednesday the show's back. <laughs> Some of I, the show is back on July Wednesday eleventh. That will be me mm-hmm. and two special guests. It will be the first time. Actually, I, I went back through, and best I can tell, it'll be the first episode in five years that only one yeah. of us and is it's on. It's a perfect way to celebrate episode two hundred with only one know, third of the show in attendance. So uh, I'll be joined by Casey Liss and John Voorhees, and we're going to do that show on the eleventh. And then Federico is back, but Mike, you're taking uh, a month off. Yeah, I'm going to be back on August the 1st. So uh, enjoy my voice today because I'll be gone for a month. I'm getting married and I'm going on my honeymoon. Uh, that's happening kind of all throughout the month of July. So I'll, this is the last time that you'll hear me for a bit and then I'll be gone. But then I'll come back and then it will, everything will be good again. This is the last time you're doing Connected as a... As a uh, what's the word when you're bachelor, not, bachelor single man yeah this is the last episode of a bachelor uh, mm-hmm. you'll be a, you'll be a man next time you're on the show mike mm-hmm. is that okay just give up turn into an old man just you'll, like you you'll be saying things like my wife uh, you know my wife mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 we talked about it briefly but the Iowa's 12 public beta yep. is out and uh so people are running it now. You're not just stuck on the dev build. It does seem that this is the same build as the dev beta 2, which the both of you are running, I, I I've believe. I've seen some people, including a friend of the show uh, and software miner and architect, uh, Mr. Rambo, say that it, this is the same build, like from what he can ascertain that this is the same build. I don't know if you are aware of anything on that, Federico. Like I don't know if you, you've seen anything specific, but it seems like that um, this is dev beta 2. Yeah. No, I think it's actually the same. Um, uh, I haven't, I haven't heard or seen any other changes from the current build, and it's basically the pattern that Apple has been following for the past couple of years. Of the dev beta comes the week before, and a few days later, if if not even the next day, if everything is fine, uh, the public beta goes out. So uh, I suppose that with beta three, unless Apple destroys everything uh we'll, we'll see beta 3 next week or the week <laughs> after and a couple of days later the public beta 2 at that point so there's a that is my great yeah. fear right that like everything's so fine right now and then they're just gonna be like ha <laughs> we gotcha <laughs> they just like release the worst beta of all time that's what i'm concerned about it's happened i mean that that's part of the deal right that it's it's all possible um, so I'm still not running it. My plan is to do it after some upcoming travel. But uh, do the two of you feel like it's kind of ready for like nerdy yep. consumption? Like, should listeners of Connected check out the public beta? I mean, I would say you're, you're fine with the dev beta as well. But like, I mean, it's, you know, I know people say, "Oh, you should never say," but I'm just going to straight up say it. Like, I think it's absolutely fine. 
Um, I've been running it for a couple of weeks, and I'm happy to say that I like it. Like I have had, <laughs> I've had one springboard crash on my iPad over the last eight days. Like I think that that is probably as many as I probably had on eleven. Like I, I have absolutely no problem with this. I have no battery life issues. Um, I I'm completely fine with it. Like I, I mean, is you it, know, is GPS still broken? I saw some tweets about that. I mean, I wouldn't know. Like, I was out in London today using it for walking directions and had no problem, but I, I don't know what the problem is with GPS. Yeah, when I was driving the other day, um, I noticed this on Beta 1, and I thought it was a temporary issue, but then I, I saw that people were actually tweeting about the GPS problem, and I tried again with Beta 2 a couple of days ago, and it just Google Maps and Apple Maps were saying that I was going in, in the opposite direction of where I was driving. So... Um, yeah, I needed to ask Sylvia to put in uh, directions on her phone. Um, but otherwise, I would say um, it's totally fine. Again, the GPS and the occasional springboard crashes are the only problems that I've noticed. I think it's totally fine. Battery life is fine. And um, there's a few issues, of course, with third-party apps, especially the, the ones that do... Yeah, I haven't had any. I haven't had any, yeah. like instant crashes or anything no instant crash but just like random stuff um for apps that do i don't know like custom things with menus and pop-ups i think um there are because there are some changes in the apis always and maybe things break but Mm -hmm. not to the extent that they were breaking like a couple of years ago with ios 10 so uh i would say the ios 12 beta unlike the other betas it's basically fine and we 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 got the idea that it was going to be okay when apple you know (laughs) had the talk show i think joshua basically said it's fine i have it on my phone which is unusual for an apple executive to say on stage i think joe said a lot of things he probably Probably. shouldn't have said honestly yeah i feel like he gets loosey-goosey which i one reason i like him being interviewed and stuff because like I kind of I don't necessarily want to hang out with a bunch of Apple executives, but I feel like he'd be the one. Like we could just sit back and talk about like iPod shuffles for an hour, and it'd be great. Does anybody else think about that? Just me. I think I think you might be on your own on that one. I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. Just just me. Um, there were a few things that are going on in the beta that I wanted to mention. Just a couple of things that I've noticed um, in using it. Uh, I did see one that this isn't my thing, but I did see it going by on Twitter that you can apparently now mm. use on um, on an iPad that is a non-pro iPad. Mm. You can use three apps at the same time. Yeah. I wonder if this is if it will ship no, this way. That's a bug. So my understanding is that this is a bug, <laughs> a really bad one, in fact, uh, that it wasn't supposed to ship and it'll be uh, removed because these devices. Um, Apple thinks they're not capable of running three apps at once um, without running into performance problems and other issues uh, because they think these iPads, they don't have enough memory. So enjoy three apps uh, on non-pro iPads until it lasts um, because I think it'll be removed. Um, and I guess kind of just breaking down some stuff that I've been enjoying, uh, the new notification stuff obviously is, I mean, I think that, that this is the main reason if you want to up date right now this is the the biggest feature that you're going to get on a daily basis um is the notification stuff like the grouping is so good like 
you know, anyone that's listened to the show for long enough knows just how unhappy I was with iOS 11 that it removed the grouping of by application. And this is so much better than that, like than, than the, the previous way of doing it because it now groups by application but also collapses them. So my overall view into notifications is way smaller. Now, it's really good for uh, group iMessage threads, especially, right? Because, you know, I'm on quite a few of those and they just get all collapsed together in a nice way. So you don't have like 30 messages, right? That you have to scroll through before you can see what's next, right? Like the the group's going off on something that you're not talking about and you want to see if you've got any emails or whatever, you're scrolling down like two screens before you even get to that. Now that's all collapsed together, which is really nice. And I like that you can, I was concerned that they were going to mess around with the 3D touch actions, right? That maybe that would open the group or something, but um, it just allows you to react to the last message and there's nice little buttons everywhere. Uh, There is one thing that I don't like, but I'll get over. Um, in adding in, uh, like when you swipe to to a message over to the left hand side, you get like contextual buttons, right? Um, you used to be able to, if you swiped it right to the end, the notification would just go away, right? Like it was it was a quick way to clear it. But because they've added in another button called Manage, which is like another way to get to the quick settings, that doesn't work on the iPhone anymore. It still works on the iPad. Uh, because the iPad has way more screen space. You just keep going until it goes away, but the iPhone doesn't. So by the time that the notification has cleared the screen, there's just those three buttons left. If you found that to be that way, Federico, you can't swipe the notifications away anymore on the iPhone? I don't iPhone. think I've ever done that. I always, yeah. Okay, so that's how I used to do it. Like if I wanted to get rid of notifications, I'd just mm-hmm. swipe them. I quite like that. Um, but you can't do that anymore. But I will take what I've gotten because this is the thing, like I always say this, I feel like I have to try and reiterate this all the time though because I think it's important. I'm happy to lose functionality if what I get is a net positive at the end. And the net positive is that it's, you know, I, I, it is the ability to be able to, to get at that pain which allows me to deliver quietly or turn something off, right? Turn notifications off. Because that's just another way that they're letting you get to that is by swiping and hitting the manage button. And I absolutely love that. I'm getting rid of so many notifications. You know, I was listening to uh, you and John talk about this on App Stories, and it's so true that, like, there would be so many times where, like, I would get a notification and be like, I really don't want to see it anymore. But to get rid of it takes so long. Like, you've got to go into settings, wait for the list to load once yeah. you get to notifications, then scroll to it, and then pick, like, what do I actually want to do? But this is so good to just make the decision of, like, of getting rid of it. Plus, I feel like that they have finally used language to explain what cover sheet is in a, in a way that makes sense to me now like the difference between the lock screen and notification center like they are two different things like i but i yeah, had no idea I, that they again. were two different things no, but like they're still on the same screen but it's just notification yeah, center belongs when you pull up and then and that's where everything that's old is since the yeah. last time that you unlocked and unlocked your phone and it's like now i can see why you put these things together but like apple's problem sometimes is like they Make half of a change, and they don't explain it, so it doesn't make any sense. So like cover sheet and the removing of grouped notifications made no sense in 11, and it was bad. Like It just didn't make any sense. But now when they go over to 12, it's like, oh, because they had a better grouping system, and they were finally going to do something that made sense to split those two apart, even though they're on the same screen. But like it took them to the next iteration before they could explain it. And I hope that a potentially slower cycle of development might allow them to make those changes in full 
in the future as opposed to doing them like half and half because they kind of have to split the functionality apart because they need to release something right so but yeah i i really really like that stuff uh, i like all the controls i like the grouping i think it's awesome yeah and i love how um the the simplification of the the of the cover sheet um i think it's actually not called cover sheet anymore like all that uh weird, it's lock screen yeah, and notification all, center like they are they are exactly. defined all that again. weird naming convention is gone and now it's just do you want to see alerts on your lock screen when your phone is locked uh, or do you want to just go to the notification center i think it's so much cleaner it's so much easier to understand and to explain um there's a one feature uh, like one small detail that i wanted to mention in this list um Something that I used to do all the time before iOS 12, I remember a song or I hear a song on the ra- on the radio or, you know, when you walk into H&M, for example, you're shopping and they have the radio station on, but it doesn't, mm-hmm. you, you can't know what song title it is and Shazam is not working, but you can make out the lyrics of a song. Um, and I used to go on Google and just type in the lyrics of a song and trying to find the song. Now you can do that in Apple Music. So you can search for lyrics and it'll bring up song results with the with the lyrics uh highlighted within the the song the search results it's That's so good. good and I, i've already managed to find like three to four songs that i wouldn't have found otherwise and the best part is it's not like you're on google you found you find the song and then you have to open youtube or you have to you know type into again into your streaming service you can just tap it's, it's right, right there. there you can just tap play and listen so i'm really I wish I knew this feature existed because literally last night we were having this where like we were trying to think of a song yeah. um, and I was asking the Echo because apparently the, apparently the Echo can do this. But every time I asked the question like, oh, what is the song that goes and I give it some lyrics, it would just say resuming Spotify. It's like, that's not. <laughs> That's not right. what I want. And I did this like three times and then I just picked up my phone and Googled it. But otherwise, I would have gone to Apple Music and done it, right? Because that just seems like an easier thing, like an easier way right. to do yeah. things. Or maybe I should have just asked Siri, I don't know. But um, but yeah, that's really cool. I actually had, I would never have known that that feature existed unless you, unless you just told yeah. me it. There you go. Or oh, until I read your review, if it would have made it in the review. Um, I've been enjoying creating Memoji. Um, and I wanted to just give a little Memoji tip to people, that in, you know, in case you're playing with them now or whatever. You can, from the the app, you, if you expand it in in iMessages, you get like there's three little buttons, like three little dots in a button that you can press. They give you a couple of options. One is to delete and one is to edit, but another is to duplicate a Memoji, which is really good if you want to make a summer look for yourself. Right, so I have regular Mike, and then I just duplicated the one that I've made to put sunglasses on him, and then another one to put a top hat. So I have, you know, the, the three important looks of of Mike Hurley: regular, sunglasses, and top hat. Um, I just thought that was really good because when I first used it, I made two, and they weren't the same because uh, I didn't know you could duplicate it. And it's like, ah, oh, this is like something different, but I don't remember the exact choices i made so yeah you can just duplicate it and then you can edit the duplicated one to i don't know put different hats or sunglasses or whatever and and i really like that so that's really cool it seems like a lot of thought went into the memoji system like details like that right like i don't think i would have thought of that uh, initially you know it's like oh i want to make a second one my my expectation is you know they they may have been working on this from the very beginning and like took some time to 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 flesh it out further because yeah. that well, they had to wait for tongue detection that is very important i used 
I, I do that a lot. I do I, a lot a lot of the the emoji, and I am sending. I think I've sent more emoji than I've ever sent an emoji. It's more fun. I sent it. I sent a picture of it to my mom today. I, I just confuse. I like to confuse my mom with things like this. She's just like, how'd you do that? <laughs> like, don't, don't worry about it, mom. <laughs> but mom, on the beta, it's all good. I I think that'll be true for most people because unless you're like me and you uh, have been strongly correlated with an mm-hmm. Animoji character, like, it's not you, right? Like, this is this is you. Uh, it's sort of a creepy floating head version of you, but, like, it's this will take off for the same reason that Bitmoji took off because you can put yourself in these... Into the, into the app in a way that you can't do when you just pick a lion or a ghost or whatever. Well, I mean, I think that there is a missing component, though, because Bitmoji creates all of these emotions for you, right? You just create your look, and it puts you in... A thousand situations. And that's, I think, what makes Bitmoji so successful, which is, I think, is, is they're similar, but there is a key difference in that Bitmoji creates all of these stickers for you that have different emotions and they have, they're in different contexts and they also have lots of right. seasonal ones and stuff like that. So I would ho- I would like to see Apple take Memoji a bit further. I think it may have been Jason Snow who said this to me um, at one point during WWDC where he was like, I would like them to just give me an option to make an emoji character and then just create, just recreate all of the emoji that exist with my face. I was like, oh, yeah, awesome. that would be really good, right? So you can, all of the current yellow-faced emoji characters like the, that exist, just the, the regular emotion emojis, you can just have them all but your face. I would like that a lot. Just one one small thing that most people are already aware of i suppose um you know there's a favicon support in safari tabs uh this is on mojave and Mm -hmm. ios 12 uh which i really like because i've always been a fan of the way that google chrome presents uh tabs with mm, website icons um also these website icons these favicons or if you have an svg like mac stories we have and like a retina ready um SVG icon, uh, it'll use that. You can see these icons in the new iCloud Keychain um, feature, which at this point, it should really be a Keychain or password app. Like, it should be a password. Yes, they have one yeah, on the Mac. It should be Keychain for iOS. Yeah. It makes a lot um, of sense. They've been adding features. So so why, right now, if you want to see your iCloud Keychain passwords in iOS, how do you even do it? I don't use this feature, so I don't even know, like, is there an interface? You need to go into settings, uh, accounts and passwords, and then show websites passwords. Uh, yeah, it's or I guess if you're looking for a password, <laughs> right, you can do it. Wait, like if you're at the moment where you need a password, you can hit the little keychain icon on yeah. the keyboard. And sure. When you're in a web you browser, also ask, uh, Siri in iOS 12. Uh, to show you a password and it'll take you to that screen. Uh, but they've been adding features to the iCloud Kitchen. And it's really well done and it should be split into a separate app at this point. Anyway, um, the Kitchen also uses website icons now. Uh, so it's actually, it can actually be used and browsed by normal uh, people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's much more colorful and usable than before. So I really like that change. And also I really like how the iCloud Keychain now tells you uh, if you're reusing the same password on multiple websites and on which websites you're, you're reusing the same password and it'll offer you to change it. Uh, you know, the, the I really like what the Safari team and the iCloud Kitchen team does every year. Uh, there's always, even when Safari does not get a major update in terms of design or functionality, they always manage to sneak in those couple of features that are really well done. Uh, I think the 
the password autofill changes this year and the iCloud Kitchen changes are really, uh, are really good. So when I was hearing about those, I was like, oh, I'm not going to get to use them because I use Chrome, right? And Gboard. But what I hadn't realized is that whenever I need a password, I don't get to use Gboard, right? iOS kicks me out to a stock keyboard, even though I don't have one installed, which is one of the features that, that what of, of, um, it's a security feature, right? So when I'm typing in a password, the, key, the third-party keyboard that I use can't see it because you can you can do that full control thing, whatever it's called, full access. So it brings up a, a standard keyboard. So I may be able to get some of that functionality, and this was proven to me. Um, I had a two-factor code. I was logging into the Slack web app on my iPhone because I needed to change something, and I got a two-factor text message, and it popped up the little thing above the keypad that just had the number that uh, the text message had come through. So the text message comes through with the six-digit code. And then while I'm looking, I've got my cursor in the in the, in the the keyboard area in the password field. It just shows the little six-digit code. So would you like to enter it? That's probably one of my single favorite features of iOS 12. That is so amazing. I love that feature. I wished it would then just delete the text message, but that's maybe asking too much. But that that the ability for the iPhone to know what's coming in through messages and just let me tap a button without needing to type in the the key that yeah. just makes things so much simpler and will I think for a lot of people make it even easier and they'd be more happy to turn on two factor for more and more services because it enables this. I don't know if this stuff works. Maybe you can tell. Me. I don't know if this stuff works for um, non text message two factor. Uh, but it does for text message stuff. Yeah, and it's so impressive that um, like it works for, uh, I think, uh, bunch, all the different locales and languages that are supported by iOS uh, because Apple is doing, um, they're using data detectors and heuristics to uh, trying to infer where the code is positioned in a text message. And it works in English, and I tried uh, a couple of days ago, it works in Italian. Uh, and you get the suggestion right away. So as the message comes in, and as you tap into the one uh, the the field in, in a web page, it just loads into the quick type bar suggestion thing, uh, and it provides you with the code that you can tap and fill in. It's so impressive, um, and I really like that. You know, uh, it's it's a small feature, but. It really does remove that annoyance of just going back into messages and trying to memorize the code and switching back. Um, it's a, it's a small small feature, but it's it, once you try it, it makes so much sense, and you go like, I wonder why nobody's mm-hmm. ever done this before. Uh, so yeah, yeah, really good one. But it's like it's one of those things where I'm cool with Apple doing it, right? Because I believe that they're not sending that codes or that, that information right. up to somewhere and then back to me. Like it's just happening on the device and I'm cool with it. So yeah, iOS 12. Two thumbs up so far. I'm really enjoying it. But I want that shortcuts app. Yeah, I know. Give me the shortcuts app. What? Come on. One day. Come one on. Day. Come on. I forgot some follow-up. Oh, you're fired. And it just popped in my brain when you were talking. So we, we were in San Jose, and they had the bird scooters. And Lime. what was the other company? Lime. LimeWire Lime scooters. They, uh, they're they here in Memphis now. It's like on like the mayor and like the city commission, like rode them across like, like our city hall. is like a water fountain thing at the front of it. And they like rode across the plaza on them and like did some cool power sliding in front of the media. And... 
the weird thing about these, like you just leave them wherever you go, right? So like I'm going to this coffee shop. I can just leave it outside. And like, that's fine. It's not the city you live in. But now after just like a week and I, they're not even in my part of town, they're all like in the midtown area where like there's a lot of restaurants and stuff to do. And then they're downtown. Uh, this weekend was in a neighborhood where they are and they're just everywhere. And like, there's like people like riding down the street without helmets. Like, what are you doing? Like, uh, so it's fun to do when you're on vacation at WWDC uh, it gives you heartburn when it's in your own city, but I just, I, I don't know why they're here. We're not a big city. Like, I, I don't know how they picked Memphis, but bird is here in force. They are, at least in the parts of town they're in, they are everywhere. This actually made me look at these in the UK and, and I was kind of just digging around today. Um, those electric scooters are illegal in the UK. That's so probably good. Th- there's going to be some significant work that needs to be done if they want to launch here, which they are, these companies are trying, like Bird and Lime and Lyft and Uber. Like They're getting in on this game now, like Lyft and Uber are, and uh, yeah. everyone's lobbying to try and get these things added. So it may well happen, but as of right now, kind of just like that type of... Uh, vehicle is ele- is is illegal here and i think it's like when i was younger there mm-hmm. were these like little gas powered like mini motorcycles like they looked like motorbikes but they were really small like a child would oh, ride yeah. them um yeah, yeah they were like a scourge on the streets of london so i think mm. a lot of laws were put in place probably because of those to like ban that type of vehicle i think sure um, yeah, I can't imagine these in a big, like in a real city. Like if, you, if you've been to San Jose for WDC, you've been to Memphis. Like it's laid out very similar. You need a car to go almost anywhere. Uh, even the city center feels sort of suburban mm-hmm. in a way. I can't imagine riding one of these things in the streets of Chicago or New York or London or San Francisco. Like a real city with like buses and fire, you know, like. yeah. It just has to be terrifying. Well, like, one of the big problems is the littering of them, right? But And, and again, I, I saw more news today. I feel like I'm really plugged into the scooter news. I don't know why this has happened to me, but it's where I am. That in San Francisco, they're now like talking about letting them come back, but they will build areas where you have to park them. Right, so like like those like the city bike type things where like you can you can drive them, but you have to take them to a designated parking or pickup area, as opposed to like just put them wherever you want. And so I saw in San Francisco that now they're um, they're kind of taking bids or like they're talking with companies about setting up stations, right, that you would pick up and drop off at, so that they won't be littered around anymore. So that that's kind of a way that like a big city might try and deal with it. Like, and again, as you can imagine, the companies that have applied for those permits right now include Uber and Lyft, um, and it's probably going to end up being one of those companies that gets it because they're more established, right? Um, but I w- I would be super surprised if the city of San Francisco allowed Uber to do it. It feels probably more like it would be Lyft, but I guess we'll wait and see. All right, I know that you're probably very excited about our next topic, Stephen. Yeah, so Friday at the end of the day, where big companies released their most important news, Apple opened a repair service program for every MacBook and MacBook Pro with the butterfly keyboard. So it's the 2015, 16, and 17 MacBook, 2016, and 2017 MacBook Pros. You know, you know the ones with the silly ports and the keyboards that don't work. So... For up to four years from initial purchase, Apple will repair the keyboard 
if you have sticky keys or keys that or key, keys that feel sticky, key presses that are not recognized, keys that are loose, key presses that are repeated, uh, any of that sort of stuff, Apple will take care of that machine for up to four years from date of purchase. Uh, Marco Armand had a tweet that I strongly favorited saying that, well, if the lifespan of these computers is five to seven years, which is probably about right, uh, Apple should cover them for five to seven years. And I agree. Uh, the The 2017 keyboard is slightly better, but clearly it's not the standard that Apple would like it to be because it's included in the repair program. And unless they are getting ready to start replacing these with keyboards where they've solved this problem, which they could be, they haven't said anything, then I, I think that after four years and this happens, Apple should still take care of those of those customers. You know, MacBook Pro customers are generally, you know, the the higher end of Mac users. And I think those are customers that are important to keep happy. But I'm glad they're doing it. I wish they were doing it a little bit longer. Uh, but now it's here. So if you have paid for a repair, if, if you for some reason didn't argue your way into a free repair before this, Apple will reimburse you. You can get in touch with them on their page. I think that's a good move, by the way. That yeah, and th- that. they do that with with all these repair extension programs. Okay. If you paid for okay. it and they then they come to their senses, then they'll make it they'll make it right. But yeah, absolutely, it's a great. Uh, that would really be crummy to say, like, well, it's free now, but because you're failed three days ago, uh, you're out seven hundred dollars or whatever it is. Um, there's a question I think of of why now. I think there's a couple of factors worth considering. I don't know the answer, but worth considering. One, there is no new Mac Pro. So this was not, at least so far, joined with new notebooks. You know, there were not new notebooks at WWDC. I think the earliest we would see them is probably, you know, July or August, maybe even later. So it's not it's not like Apple saying there's a new MacBook Pro, the keyboard is fixed, all the old ones are covered under this. They're not saying that with one breath. What I do think this says is that Apple, I would imagine, would feel confident in the new in a new keyboard design uh, whenever that shows up. Because what you don't want to have happen is they release a late 2018 MacBook Pro and they have to add it to this program retroactively. That would be bonkers, right? Like that you would release a new product that you're saying before it's even released, that it's yeah. a part of it is broken. Right. So there is there is um, histor- historical context, because that's my gig. Uh, the You guys remember like the white and black 13-inch plastic MacBooks? Remember those? Yep. Like 2006, 7, 8, 9. Mm-hmm. Those had a problem. The white ones were affected more, but they both did it, where the top case would crack at the palm rest. So like the very front mm-hmm. lip of the computer where your palm went, that plastic... It was would, the grayish part, right, on the white one, because it, yeah. it was colored a little bit gray, wasn't it? Yeah. It would crack at the front of it. And uh, there was a lot of hypothesis about why. Uh, there were little nubbins on the display, and I think that added pressure to this part of the top case, and it was not really important. Uh, but my point here is that repair took place over the entire lifespan of that machine. Apple never redesigned the top case or the display or whatever was causing the problem. Apple was content to let their Mac geniuses take out the 17 screws or whatever it was required to replace that top case. That's a repair I could still do in my sleep because I did thousands of them. Yeah, I think there's some contextual difference, though, in that people loved that machine. People did love that machine, so they had goodwill. Uh, also, that was yeah. a relatively minor repair. Uh, 
mm-hmm. where if you have to have your keyboard replaced on a MacBook Pro or a MacBook, you're getting a keyboard, a top case, and a battery because that is all one component. Uh, and ba- it was mostly the- cosmetic, right? Because mine chipped like that, and I just didn't care. Like it was like whatever. Like it just didn't bother me. Yeah, you could still use it. It's not like your your L key failed and then you couldn't type LOL anymore. Like that that's a tragedy. So just O O O. O O O. So I <laughs> the way I'm choosing to interpret this is that Apple wants to take care of their customers. They know it's important. They know there's a problem. And that whatever they are working on for later this year, or God forbid, early next year, that they are working on something with a different keyboard or an improved keyboard. And uh, I hope that that's true. I hope that it's this year. Uh, I hope that they have figured this out. And um, and I'm glad they made the right call. I'm sorry that they're in the situation. They shouldn't be in the situation, but they're, they are doing the right thing. There's also the factor of like they're being slammed with class action lawsuits. And I'm not well-versed enough in that world to say how this affects that. Uh, this does indicate, I think, from a, a lay person's point of view, that Apple is emitting some sort of guilt in the way that these machines were designed and they work. Um, but I'm not like, well, I don't want to say like, well, this means this for these class action lawsuits. I'm sure Apple will settle those. That's what they do. And, uh, you know, so you'll get seven cents in the mail in 10 years. But uh, I don't think this is a reaction to the lawsuits. I think it could be a partially a reaction to the outrage over these machines. You know, I, I think Apple would have done this eventually, but I, I do wonder if it, it was done now and not later because people are so upset. I mean, this is a repair to program for a machine that's still for sale. And, you know, that is not something that happens every day. But, um, but there you go. I think if you have a MacBook Pro, I think you can sleep easier knowing that even if you don't buy Apple Care, Apple's going to make this right, at least for next couple years. All right, today's episode is also brought to you by PDF Pen from our friends at Smile. The new PDF Pen 10 is the ultimate tool for editing PDFs and going paperless. And as we mentioned, I think last week, this month's Smile celebrates 15 years of making productivity software and providing fast, friendly service to their customers. PDF Pen 1.0 debuted in 2004 at Macworld San Francisco. And you fast forward 15 years and the new PDF Pen 10 includes features like watermarking so you can stamp things like draft on a document so you know so everyone knows that this isn't the final which could be really useful in a workplace batch ocr and uh, making bulk ocr just like a just such a snap to take care of because it's like take all these pdfs run ocr on them rather than having to do it to all of them individually uh, they have an improved color palette you can move images around without increasing the size of your document so it kind of maintains that which is really useful and just so so much more pdf pen is such an incredible application and Smile do a great job and they have done a fantastic job over the last 15 years of making that tool more and more powerful. And of course, it is joined by the mobile versions of PDF Pen for iPad and iPhone so you can edit PDFs while you're on the go, which is something I do all the time. And boy, do I love signing things with my Apple Pencil or my uh, iPad screen. I really love doing that. And PDF Pen makes me still feel like a, a fancy business person, even though uh, I'm doing it on a, on a mobile device, as it were. 
During the week of June 11th, Smile celebrated their history on their blogs. You go to smilesoftware.com slash blog and you can check out everything that they did there. They had a great sticker giveaway too, so you can go and find out more information about all of that. Um, and if you've been thinking about getting your documents in order, don't put it off any longer. Learn more about PDF Pen right now at smilesoftware.com slash podcast. Our thanks to PDF Pen 10 and Smile for supporting this show. And hey, Smile, happy birthday. So there was a Bloomberg report, um, new AirPods, a new HomePod, and studio-quality over-ear headphones are apparently all in development right now at Apple, according to Mark Gurman and Debbie Wu. Um, I want to go into just kind of touch on each of those things. Let's talk about AirPods. So apparently, um, Apple is developing a brand new set of AirPods that feature noise cancellation and water resistance. Uh, this isn't waterproofing. You can't like submerge them, but they could be like for rain and splashes and that kind of stuff. Um, they're also looking to increase the range so you can be even further away from the device that they're connected to. And this would probably be a 2019 release and will likely cost more than the current version. With also the possibility of adding some biometrics like heart rate monitors into them too to expand kind of Apple's health focus line of products. I was thinking this is probably like AirPods Pro, mm. right? Like this feels like yeah. not AirPods 2. This feels like a significant difference in the in the like noise cancellation alone feels like you don't need that in every version. Right. Apple, please don't put that in please every version. Don't. I don't like noise cancellation. And also just, you know, it feels like just not AirPods are a strange thing for noise cancellation anyway, because like you're moving around with AirPods and like you shouldn't I don't think people should use noise cancellation in the street. Right, like I feel like you probably should have at least some noise coming in, um, but they would be good, you know, if they can somehow put noise cancellation into mm. something that small and it works well, and like on track like when you're traveling and stuff, that would be really nice, right? I'm a bit skeptical about the idea of noise cancellation in such a small package. Uh, it's not even like uh, you don't even have a, a an actual ear cup. You have an earbud that goes into your ear. And so is there even enough room to do noise cancellation down well that doesn't give you a headache? Like there's no suction, right? There's exactly. no like exactly. isolation of any like significant, you know. So, yeah, I don't know how they're going to do it. I mean, they may be able to do an element of it, right? Like so it sounds better, yeah. but surely it's not going to yeah. sound Yeah, and also the, the idea amazing. of Apple having discussed uh, adding biometrics to the to, to AirPods. I can see why. I also can see why it may not be as useful as the Apple Watch. So you, you wear the Apple Watch all day. And so if, you were, if you're interested in building a profile of your heart rate over time, the Apple Watch to me feels like the, the more useful approach because it's on your wrist at least uh, 15 hours every day. Um, but I can see why adding more uh, these sensors to the AirPods may be useful for, uh, I don't know, for, for example, for people who work out and wear AirPods. Or if maybe Apple has come up with a, with a way to do heart rate monitoring um, through your ears, which feels kind of scary, but that is more accurate than doing so on the wrist. Um, or maybe they can monitor other things that it's not necessarily heart rate maybe they can ex maybe yeah well I, i've been i've been doing like you know I, I was kind of reading a little bit more about this 
And I think it, it actually speaks to a problem exactly. that you have, which is reliability yeah. of just the one sensor. And like if you were working out with your Apple Watch on and your yeah. heart detecting earpods, it might AirPods, it would do a better job of accurately getting your heart rate correctly exactly. because it has multiple places. That was my to idea. So the from, Apple right? Watch is going to be more useful overall if you want to have data multiple times throughout the day but maybe if you also wear airpods during mm -hmm. a workout which is maybe the time where you're most interested in having super accurate data down to the second uh in some cases maybe that's how apple is trying to sell it as and if you also wear airpods pro your workouts will will be monitored with even more accuracy or something like that Um, until then, until these new fancy AirPods come out sometime next year, um, it is likely that we will see uh, an AirPods 2, which would have hands-free Siri, um, because right now you have to double tap to speak to Siri. So this would be using the Ahoy Telephone uh, trigger phrase like a combination and that would there would be a new chip that powers them which would allow for this um and of course what we already know um about that new wireless charging case uh which i believe apple will probably still sell separately if and when air power ships um although i think the likelihood of that is decreasing the closer we get to a new version of airpods coming out uh i think they may only sell it for a limited time if at all um because they may just bring out the new airpods and be like hey these are way better anyway give us more money um and then they don't have the complexity of selling this random airpods case as well that would be a shame if they did that but i see it as a possibility but that well, i reckon september we will get like airpods 2 uh which will have this um I, I, it's a couple of things I wanted. I would like more battery, uh, just because why not? You know, I'd like better battery life in the second version. Another thing I would like is faster device switching. So, whilst AirPods are better than anything else I've ever used, like if I'm switching from my iPhone to my iPad, sometimes it still takes longer than I would want. You know, like I'm sitting and just like watching a spinner for like 20 seconds or something for them to to pair up i would like that to be quicker um and i would hope that a new chip like a new is, is it the w, w chip one, is yeah. they have like w1 in them right yeah i would hope that i guess w3 or w2x because the w2 yeah. exists but is not or maybe they just put the w2 in these now i mean whatever it's going to be i would hope that that maybe help with that more you know like if they can beef up and maybe put mm, more special, special sauce on the whole thing who knows uh, they they love the special sauce on the AirPods. That's that's why they're adding the water resistance, so you can put even more <laughs> sauce on them, and Jeez. and it doesn't and it doesn't destroy them. You can just put as much sauce on as you want. Um, so I would like that. That would be one thing. And again, it's like it's already better than anything else we've ever used for for switching devices. But I would like it to yeah. be better, even still, right? Yeah, I use a Mac app called Tooth Fairy, and it just puts a little icon in your menu bar, and it like forces them to drop their connection elsewhere and connect to the Mac. Because hmm. if you think switching between iOS devices is bad, try switching from your iPhone to your Mac. It is. Like, I've had it where, like, one of them switches, or they switch and they drop back to the phone for, like, no apparent reason. And this yep. has... I don't know what it's doing. It can't be good. But it is uh, doing something to force them to to move over to the Mac. Um, and that, that I have found handy. Because I use them for... Uh, things like Slack calls or like if we just have a quick phone call and it's not a podcast and I, I don't want to 
you know, power up my amp and, you know, if I just want to use the AirPods, maybe I'm already even wearing them, then it's just a quick and easy way to do that. And so I've got that running on my Mac now. Um, one thing I would really like to see, and it's totally like silly, but I'd love to have a black finish on them. Like uh, I, I don't mind the white, but I would prefer black and I think black would look cool. And I think if Apple wants to like, like in a way, AirPods are like the most generic Apple product there's ever been. Like it's just white earbuds that they cut the cables off of. But I think mm-hmm. a black finish could show, hey, this is, hey, this guy's got the new ones. You know, it could be a little status symbol in there. Um, and I think black... To stop the email, yes, we know color wear will paint them for you. And if you want to wait until like September... They're two ninety nine. <laughs> Two ninety nine ships in early August. That's the current colorway. Okay, so if you don't want to do that, um, and I think that they would do a better job at blending in. I, I mean, I see AirPods a lot more than I used to in the gym, but I still have that like self consciousness factor sometimes that like they're white and they stand out. I think black would, would sort of disappear a little bit better, and I would I would like that. So um, some sweet black oh, AirPods. Wait. It's three thirty nine oh, if you want the case as well. Jeez. It's $40 more for the case. But I didn't know this. You can have them in three different colors. You can, like, everything can be a different color. You can left, run, right one in the case can all be different colors. That sounds right up your alley, Mike. No, I don't want that. They do look cool, though. There it is. Damn, the pictures look good. Like, you've got them in, like, metallic finishes and stuff. Put a a link in the show notes. People can see them. There's a yeah, I have. There's a couple of things I would oh, love to have in, in in the AirPods. I mean, of course, more you know, longer battery life and and extended range, so that I can just freely walk around the house and it won't drop out the connection. Um, also, I would love to have an, a native Siri that actually sounds great, like great voice quality, because right now Siri kind of sounds like it's shouting at you from a different room into your ears. Uh, <laughs> I would love to have. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, because it's coming from the iPhone, it's like, right? Hey, like it's shouting from your pocket, Siri. you know? <laughs> I would love to have an actual Siri inside the AirPods. Um, but really, my main thing is volume control. And I I think we were we were discussing this when, when, the, when the AirPods came out two years ago. And I haven't changed my mind. I want to be able to slide my finger on the AirPods to change the volume. Uh, I, I hate, hate, hate yeah. the yeah. tapping. I hate the tapping. I've never gotten used to it. It does. It works like three quarters of the time, yeah. and it's never a nice experience to thud the side <laughs> yeah. of my ear. I mean, like, it gets the job like done, it. but it also feels kind of it also feels kind of stupid. And sure. I think just swiping on the AirPod would be much more subtle, and also it would be perfect for volume control because you're literally swiping the volume up and down. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. hopefully, uh, you know, AirPods Pro will have these features. But um, I don't know. Maybe Apple is against swiping on your on a little thing that comes out of your year i don't know it just feels right to me but we'll see all right as well as airpods is the return to rumor of what i think at the time we called head pods the (laughs) over-ear headphones that are likely to be high-end in price and construction um apparently according to this bloomberg report they are intended to be higher end than the beats products anytime we talk about apple and beats i think it's worth checking in on the Beats brand. I know Federico, I think out of the three of us, are you the only one who owns any Beats products? I don't own any. Multiple Beats products, even. Multiple (laughs) Beats products. So why? Like, is Apple doing a good job at keeping that brand separate enough? Like, what's your feel on the Beats landscape right now? I think they've done a pretty good job at um, having some 
features uh, from what they've been doing on iOS and, and on the watch uh, sort of trickle down into the Beats product line, which I, I kind of see as two things going on. One of them is, of course, keeping the, the, the brand identity and the, the, the mass appeal for people of it's the, you know, people can recognize Beats. It's still got, uh, you know, huge presence uh, at least when i you know when i walk around rome and i see you know people wearing beats uh, um so that yep it's a huge brand that doesn't have any of the negative connotations exactly so it's still kind of separate and actually a lot of folks don't even know it's owned by apple <laughs> i i think uh exactly right like it yeah. stands for itself kind of like kind of like good and bad and maybe even more than you know instagram as a separate thing from facebook um almost i see some parallels there um but really what i think apple is doing here is they're almost treating the the beats products as a testbed for some features that later maybe that will become part of the main apple products uh so for example they've been doing the w1 chip in the in the beats x in the in the studio 3 uh they've been doing uh siri uh integration on the studio 3 which i bought at wwdc and i've been loving them it works really really well they've slightly improved the noise cancellation in the in the studio 3 and again i wouldn't be surprised if both uh you know if the studio 3 for example is Apple testing the idea of a better audio chip and better Siri and noise cancellation in a in an over ear headphone product? And maybe in the future could inform making actual Apple headpods or whatever that thing is going to be called. Um, so the idea of and also the 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 fact that Beats products are it's not like one single beats accessory it's a line of products and so the idea of having multiple airpods um versions and having the separation between airpods and headphones uh i think you know having beats uh is probably informing apple in how to deal with separating different product lines and having these custom technologies such as the w1 chip and in the future maybe the w2 or w3 uh becoming part of these you know tiny devices that can be either earbuds or um What's the name uh, of the on-ear uh, headphones, such as the Solo, and the over-ear, such as the Studio? So, I think it's interesting that it's a, still a separate thing for marketing purposes, but also maybe from a technological point of view, it also helps. So, apparently, um, Apple had planned to launch these in 2018, uh, but had some problems in development, and they're now being targeted for a 2019 release for these over-ear so, headphones. That's so weird for modern Apple. I can't believe they would have a product. Well, well, it's better than them announce it and then not ship it. It's true. Right? I, I have no problem with them having problems and it, and it not being delayed. Not I don't care about that. If they don't tell the date, uh, rest in peace, air power. Mm-hmm. Like I, but you know, for, for the point of that, they're like, yes, you know, I've made my opinions on that kind of thinking quite clear in the past. But with these, it's like these aren't a thing that are late in, as such because it's not a defined timeline, right? Like it's a brand new product, right? So it's kind of is what it is. If they're having problems developing a brand new product, I kind of don't care. Um, I'm interested to see what they end up doing though. Now the Bloomberg article says nothing more about this about HomePod other than saying in the intro that it's being worked on for 2019 like no no details just a new HomePod like which doesn't really isn't really saying much um and of course 
as has become our way, if a rumor keeps popping up, we like to decide to, to make some predictions about it. So considering we've seen a bunch of this stuff in the past a couple of times, and it looks like it's going to be pretty long term, we're going to make, in round robin style, in traditional round Thank robin you for style, doing that. Um, <laughs> some predictions. No problem. Some predictions uh, based on the potential for Apple's future line of audio products after this break. I want to thank Hover for their support of this show today. Building your online identity is so important. It's never been more important. It continues to be very important. And with Hover, you find the domain name that shows the world that exactly who you are and what you're passionate about. That's what I like about Hover. Their tools let you do it. So you have an idea. You're like, oh, I want to make a website about corgis. I don't know why that came into my head. But it did. Corgis. You know, like the little dog that the queen has? Corgis. And you're like, I want to make a corgi website. And you go to, to Hover and you just type the word corgi in. And they will give you a bunch of domain options. So you can choose whatever's available and you can get something. Because they have so many options these days. You can pick the domain that best serves what you want to do. The great thing about Hover as well, one of the things that I love about them is they let you keep your domain separate from your hosting. So you never get stuck with one service that doesn't meet your needs. Hover is also really good for email. Like, I was thinking about this recently. Like, I heard an ad on a podcast that I listened to, and it was like a, a somebody who was doing a service of some kind, and it was kind of like a, a listener was, was buying an ad. And in the ad, they used, like, such and such at yahoo.com. And I was like, no, like... You sound so bad, right? Like if you are a professional trying to sell a professional service, even if you don't want a website, get a personalized email address, right? Like I have a couple of domains that I barely ever use, but I, I want them for the email address. So when I put it on a business card or I tell it to somebody, I have a professional email address that isn't rooted through iCloud or isn't rooted through Hotmail or Outlook or whatever. Like I think that it's really great to have that professionalism. That's also part of your identity online. It's not just the website, but can also be your email. Um, something I will let you know about for all aspiring and experienced entrepreneurs. Hover uh, wanted us to tell you that they are a proud sponsor of something called the Fireside Conference. It's an off-the-grid, uh, invite-only event that takes place just north of Toronto the week after Labor Day. The conference is packed full of interesting people, enthusiasts of technology like yourselves, uh, startups and VCs and people in the industry and more. You can find out more at firesideconf.com. And remember... If you want to show the world what you're passionate about, Hover is there to help you make that first step. Go to hover.com slash connected and get 10% off your first purchase. That's hover.com slash connected. Right now, go there, get 10% off your first purchase and support this show. Thank you to Hover for their continued support of Relay FM. So, round robin style, uh, because I created the round robin today, I get first pick. And what we're going to do here is we're going to make a bunch of predictions about AirPods and HeadPods and HomePod about over the next, I reckon, up until the end of 2019. So, we're going mm. for some real nice long-term stuff here. Some things that we think that Apple might do with their audio-based products. I'm going to go first, and I'm going to say AirPods to gain more controls via touch actions. This is what we were speaking about a minute ago. It feels like an inevitable thing to me um, that you would be able to do, at least do something more than tapping to access some kind of action on the AirPod. It just feels like something that people wanted for a long time, and even if it isn't something as nice as like 
gently stroking it to change the volume, at least just being able to touch or get an option to touch the AirPod to pause rather than tap, that would be real nice. I also, uh, I, I was very careful with my picks here to not make them too complicated. I, I, every every one of my picks had like two sentences and I brought them down to one sentence because I know I've been burned by that that's in the past. Where, that's where, yeah, you get... That's where I always get... I always, I always just ruin myself by like being like, touch actions like this. No, no, not in the actual pick. The actual pick is AirPods to gain more control via touch actions. That's the pick. I'm going to go with a, a similar, simple uh, pick and one that I think would... Uh, fit in i talked about it i think it would fit well with the the other beats products and everything else apple does at least one more color option comes to airpods i'm not even saying what color but just at least one more option i think people would like choices i think people could use it as a fashion accessory apple uses this on all other sorts of products Mm -hmm. i think it would be swell yeah, I think the only reason they didn't get it the first time was because they couldn't make enough of them. They could barely right? make so them into white. one color option. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like at this point, they should be good enough at building these things so that they could at least have a black one or a gold one or whatever. Or space gray, it'll probably be right. They're not going to make black, it'll be space gray. Whatever color space gray will take. I'm going with, I'm going with um, the AirPods line in, is split in two. Uh, so the I don't know if it's a like a base version and a and a pro version. Uh, I don't care about the name, but there's going to be two versions, and the base one gets a small price drop. Um, Ooh, yeah, you did an and. Mm. Um, and is always yeah, tricky yeah, in I'm these gonna, predictions. I'm gonna risk it this time. Um, so yeah, two two like the line gets split in two versions and the base one is slightly cheaper than it currently is um i'm gonna go with a home pod pick i think that the next home pod uh in 2019 will be a mini home pod i think the home pod as it is is probably not going to change for a while like i don't know how much more they could do in like a year or 18 months or something to that to that piece of hardware that is desperately needed to it when if they had a mini home pod something that was cheaper something that was easier to put in more rooms i think would be ultimately a better product for them to make like a 99 dollar version which is just this little guy with nice speaker you know like and it, you can maybe power it on battery power so you could take it outside or whatever but i think that a, a mini home pod in 2019 would be a welcome product and i think will pr- is their most likely um next version of the home pod i don't know how i feel about that one but uh i guess we'll Why? see i just i just don't know if they could their whole thing was, right, it sounds so great because we packed all this technology in it. And if we know anything from, like, the Google devices or the Echo devices or any other, like, regular non-smart speaker, is that when you go down in size, it's hard to get that quality and volume out of it. And maybe Apple could mm-hmm. do it, but I just uh, – I'd be very interested to see how that device sounded compared to the regular HomePod yeah, but- and how they pitched that. This yeah, but like it's a different pitch that was in it, right? Like it sounds great and it's so small. Not like it fills the room. Like they can make a nice sounding small speaker. Like they exist. Yeah. Right? Like remember those like uh Jambox dealios, sure. whatever they're called. I still right? have one, yeah. They were fine. You know, like that you can make a decent speaker that's small. It's but then the pitch is that it sounds good and it's small, right? Rather than it, it sounds good and it fills the room. I don't know. Hmm. So I'm gonna go with a home pod price drop and uh you're gonna put a time frame on that 
Oh, however long this round robin is good for. <laughs> well, it's up until the end of 2019. There you go. I, mean, I feel like <laughs> I feel like by the end of this year, I reckon holiday season, the home pod gets gets yeah. a drop. Uh, I'll give price. it another year. I'll, I'll say before the end of 2019. Uh, I can't imagine they're selling in huge numbers. I think the price has a lot to do with that. And I just think that Apple may need to make an adjustment there. So I think it's too expensive. It is. For, for what it is. I think it is too. What is it? What is it still? Uh, it's like nine ninety nine. No, it's uh three three forty nine. Yeah, Federico knows he's bought six. No, I have three on only three. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh all right. So I will go with a very specific one. I think that shortcuts the app will gain new airplay airplay two actions to play audio on specific home pods. So I think shortcuts will have native AirPlay 2 actions so that you can create your own custom shortcuts to have uh, certain playlists or songs or podcasts play on individual speakers, which may include home pods and, of course, other AirPlay 2 speakers. So AirPlay 2 actions is something that I really want to see in the future of shortcuts. I don't know if the, f- if the first version of the app will have them, but I think by the end of next year, um, shortcuts will have uh, native AirPlay 2 automation it's a very specific one i told you that is incredibly specific but i appreciate i appreciate your specificity uh i think that apple will create some kind of new noise cancellation technology i think that they will have a thing their apple version of a whatever it is right good or bad it doesn't need to be good or bad but like i think they will do something where they say and you want to know how we get noise cancellation into these airpods it's because we create this thing and mm. they have this whole thing that they have done that goes into the airpods and the head pod uh, uh you know or, or whatever uh, about some way that they've they've enhanced mm. everything we've ever thought about when it comes to uh mm. noise cancellation like they did what's was it called stereoscopic what is that thing the 3d sound whatever they call that the yeah. the home pod nonsense uh where yeah. it's not stereo but it's that other thing it's the same idea. they're not gonna call this noise cancellation they're gonna call it with some fancy name like quiet time or something like that <laughs> yeah or like uh active room <laughs> detection sound noise you know like mm. Well, that? We could workshop in that. Uh-huh. We we mentioned this earlier. <laughs> that's Apple <a> talk. <laughs> that's a different thing. No, Mike, you and I both dislike noise cancellation. I think for the same reason, yep. it makes me sick. Like it makes me sick. Yeah, to it makes my me stomach. feel nauseous. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I hope that whatever they do either doesn't do that, but I'll be shocked because I'm extremely sensitive to that sort of thing. So I just hope it's optional. That I don't want this in all AirPods. I don't want this in all headphones. Put it as a high-end option like the rest of the market and let me continue to use AirPods without it forever, please. Or even let me toggle, right? Let let me, you know, because there might be other things I want in products that have this, but let me not use it. Uh, So mine, I'm curious if you guys are going to allow this, but it's a better incorporation of Apple News into the audio ecosystem, like especially into the HomePod, I think, where right now you can tell it, to play the news and you can pick between a, a couple of different partner, you know, Fox, NPR, etc. And I, I think there's a, a real rise and I'm selfish because I host one of them, but there's a real rise in like these super short, like minute, two minute audio updates. Uh, you know, we have one called subnet and I just wonder if, um, 
if there's a way to make that more of like a pronounced feature in the HomePod or even in even in Siri and, and what it does with audio, just so you could say, hey, tell me the news and you could have it string together several different sources or even if, even from like a marketing perspective, like some sort of push of like news and audio being together because uh, it's a real important little corner of podcasting and audio production. And I think Apple would do well to sort of flesh that out a little bit. With the Echo, you can say, I want to play NPR, then I want to play Subnet, then I want to play something else. And you can kind of fake that with like a playlist and podcast, but it's uh, it's kind of clunky. Apple's doing a big push on Apple News. We didn't get to talk about it this week, but they're busy doing Apple News stuff. And I like to see Apple News and Siri Audio HomePod stuff become closer together somehow. I mean, I'm happy to let you have it because I don't see it happening. So, like, if I'm playing to win, then you can have that pick because I, I don't really see that as a, a thing that they would spend severe marketing time on other than just, like, a podcast app feature, which is not necessarily geared around a specific thing for their audio products, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, I feel like that's two different things. Like, if the podcast app gets something like this, you didn't get that. Well, if, if you get to control it with Siri, I do. No, because that's Siri. It's no, not. No, no but Siri and the HomePod, things. it's all like one thing. Like it's all right. No, but like if they stand there and they're like, "Here's this new feature for Siri," yeah, right, and then they demo we'll the Siri feature. I think that's very different to like it works on the AirPods. Like that, that's two different things. We'll we will adjudicate that when the time comes, but I don't think you're going to get that one. Federico, do you want to finish off the round? Do you want to round out this, Robin? My final one is, again, a specific one. I'm going to say that the headpods will be... <laughs> that name that name cracks me up every time. They will be wireless only, and they will have no headphone jack, and they will charge either via Lightning or USB-C. So it's a bunch of, di- bunch of different things all at once. <laughs> what if what if they go truly wireless only you have to buy an air power yeah. yeah i think you're right like no headphones apple releases past beats like any new thing i think is going to be wireless only like the airpods or the beats x i think that's i think that's a lock uh the beats x uses lightning now my wife has a pair she likes them she came on the show and talked about them so I think there's even precedent there. So I think while this may be specific on the surface, I, I'm not sure you're really saying much that isn't true now, um, which is interesting. So I think that uh, I think that you could be on track with this. Yeah, there you go. We'll see. I hope they don't we'll call see, it HeadPods. Uh, That's the worst name. Best name ever, HeadPods. It's the best name for our purposes here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bad name for a product. Yeah. <laughs> If you want to reach our notes this week, you can do so over on the website, relay.fm slash connected slash 199. Remember, we're taking next week off, but I'll be back on July 11th for episode 200 of Connected, which is very exciting. We have to thank our sponsors this week, Pingdom, Smile, and Hover. And of course, I want to thank my co-host. You can find Federico Vitici on Twitter at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and he is the editor and chief of Mac Stories. He's not just the editor. He's not just the chief. He's both. Very powerful man. He's also in. Yeah. The editor's <laughs> in the chief. It's very complex. Uh, you also have, of course, Mike Hurley. You can follow Mike on Twitter as I-M-Y-K-E. And Mike hosts a bunch of shows over at Relay.fm. So if you like Connected, 
I bet you you'll find something else that you like there. You can find me on Twitter as ISMH, and I write and make YouTube videos under the name 512pixels. And until, well, I don't know when you're coming back, Mike, so whatever. But until Federico, until next time I speak to you, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Adios. See you in August, suckers. Bye. <laughs>